Whether you think you need it or not, try living a world without art, you'd struggle. Why do we separate art from everything else? It doesn't really make sense. There's this little show, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Cats. Don't think it's been done before. <laughs> you know what, it rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs>
it, but in different terms, on different terms to how I think about it now, obviously, like, like Yasmin said, because of the pandemic. But I used to think, I mean, it used to come up a lot, like in rehearsals, or like, you know, just at work in general, people using that sort of, like that question to, to like keep a bit of perspective like people would always say like you know we're not heart surgeons (laughs) or like we're not saving the world like we're making this show and that was to to yeah to to ground everyone and to remind ourselves that there are things beyond like you know what the guardian critic says about our show and i always thought that was really great like how like I would hate to work in an industry that is insular and entirely self-focused and self-interested. Um, and especially when it's like, uh, when it can be, it can feel quite frivolous sometimes. It's helpful to, it's helpful to step back and question that and think like, okay, is it all right that I'm doing this? now if if i'm like you know justifying it to myself and always thinking like do i really want to take this job or am i just taking it because i need a job but that's a totally different question now that the work is impossible and now that um everyone's in such dire straits um and now that there's like an existential threat to the work that we do you know um, so it's a, yeah, the question's really changed a lot. I, I mean, I still think about it, but for me, like, it's self-evident. Art, art, art is inherently valuable. That's why, I, like, I've dedicated my life to it. <laughs> so, so that thing of, like, oh, but is it really, like, is it really that important to, to life? It's like, well, yes. <laughs> It's just about how important, like it's degrees and it's, and it's, and it's, um, what we've talked about other times about whether it's profitable in this moment. I find it an interesting one as well, because I feel like in the UK, like there's never a question of, but how important is football to the UK? Like it's never that. And I just think it's kind of this, like, it's similar, you know, in, in to me, football is kind of a stage too. Like, some of the most prominent moments happen in, like, like world stage, like, not even just football, like, the Olympics and stuff like that. It's, it's a yeah. theatre. Like, people are watching yeah. it for their entertainment. People work and dedicate their lives to it. And I don't think we've ever had that question of, but is it is it important? Like, they're back out there now. They're playing. But mm. with something that you are that you use every day even just watching tv or just simple things that we take for granted it's questioned whether it is a necessity and i just i find it interesting and it really does show you where you sit on the food chain um to even have that question be a thing and it's not a takedown about football because i'm so glad that they are back out there and because that like that's some people's lives and I'm so I'm so oh, happy yeah. I've got friends who are so involved in it and but it's just where's that kind of clarity for both of us obviously they're not the just the two industries it's just a a comparison it just it just doesn't really make sense to me 
So, Kirsten, you, uh, you've been working for years in like, stage management and um, currently new development and you're working as a teacher's assistant. Do you feel like you're more viable now than you were before? Or has that not changed? Or maybe you're like, actually, I feel so much more useful to society and I'm never going back to theatre. <laughs> has, that, has that changed at all? Um... Uh... Um, it's hard to answer because, like, my feelings of usefulness to society are tied up in, like, a whole, bu- a whole bunch of other feelings. So it's hard to, like, isolate that one and be like, how has that changed? Um, particularly when I did feel r- relatively useful to society as a stage manager. <laughs> but, I mean, again, like we've said, that's that's, like... I guess that's like a political judgment or like an ideological yeah. difference that I have with some people. Um, I I mean I am more viable now because viable is like a it's like a judgment on like practicality, right? It's like is your job possible? Uh, is your job viable? So I am more viable right now because my my stage management work is not possible. Um, the 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 big thing is like. My stage manager job is only impossible for me to do right now because of the way that the government has handled the pandemic. (laughs) Like, it's not an inevitability that we would have, like, 14,000 new cases a day in the second week of October, the first week of October. Like, that's not an inevitability. Um, And and while I recognise that they're doing, like, that, that it's an incredible, like, set of challenges that, that we're facing... Um, I refuse to believe that that all of this was just was just how it was always going to happen, mm. and that I was always just going to have to be told you've got to go get a different a job in a different industry. When the people that are telling me that are the ones that haven't supported us and haven't uh, enabled the the performing arts in theatre to to reopen fully like that's why I can't do my do the job that I've trained to do and I've done for years and I've done on the West End that's that's why I can't do that job is because of them you know I really like the yeah the way you describe like viable as like that depends kind of on what we can do and what's possible to do and I guess it comes back to like how much yeah, we value art in society and how much we value it and how we value it. Um, and that kind of like links in with um, what I wanted to ask Yasmin, which is, so as, you know, actress um, and a writer, art is both within your job, but also within, I don't know if you describe it as like a hobby or like a side gig or something like that. So do you feel like, art as a job and art as a hobby are valued in a similar way and like have you ever been asked you know oh when are you gonna get like a a real career or that kind of like really condescending thing I've been quite lucky in the sense that my family and my friends are super super supportive about the 
um, path that I've wanted to take and it's been this way since I was tiny like there's never been a day that I didn't want to be an actor or a performer and I loved writing but that kind of came later so I've been really lucky that my inner circle haven't really been like when are you going to get a real job which I know a lot of my close friends um, and people I know in the industry have had that but yeah it definitely comes um, from other people a bit outside or just you know those slight looks that people give you when you tell them you're actor, like, oh. especially like living in London as well. It's like every other person you meet's an actor or a dancer. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like same like, same when I went to LA. Every other person's a model or an actor. So I think you do get kind of those sort of things. And also, when you're out of work, when you're out of your acting jobs, and you're working your day to day jobs to getting your bills, but not acting. I think it's kind of like it looked down like, oh, yeah, like like it's not going well. When the reality, if you are in the industry, you know that you're going to be employed in acting at one minute and not in the next. That's just the nature of the industry. If you are someone that goes from job to job to job, amazing. I can't wait to be like you one day. <laughs> but um, with hobbies-wise, with my writing, I, I write just because I love it. I think it's so important that... I bang on about this quite often, but I think this kind of two generations of young people, young adults, are so obsessed with monetizing everything. And I think it's amazing. It's such a skill to be able to monetize your talents. But I think sometimes we lose hobbies, and hobbies are things that you do are, that are just for you because you enjoy it, and it's not a job, it's not something you are now relying on an income you know put food on the table so I think a lot of my friends have hobbies that they monetize and then they they don't have a thing that they do just for them and I think writing for me really is that but I think what's a real interesting thing for both our sides of the industry Kirsten is I don't think that people how do I word this I don't think people match up the people they see on stage and um, when they're consuming art, the people they see behind the scenes, well, not that they see you as much, but making it all happen. The mm. people on TV when they sit down to watch something with their dinner, I don't mm. think they see them as real people. I think they no. just see them as your art. And so if they saw those people on Coronation Street as real people... And when they watch it every single night, then the conversation where the arts is a necessity wouldn't even be happening. But they kind of just... I think a lot of people don't spend the time to think about it and it's just kind of there for them and it's just there and they don't have to think about a life without it. So, yeah, I think there's such a disconnect from actor and character that people just don't even think that this is their living, this is how they are getting by. So, I don't know, I think that's something that's pretty important to think about. Totally, yeah. I think your average, like, TV watcher, if there is such a thing, would really overestimate the amount that actors get paid. I mean, maybe not with film and TV, but on stage, definitely. I think I came into the industry definitely not not understanding that. And, like, of course, that's why we have equity. <laughs> because so many, like, rights need prote- protecting that they might not in other industries. <laughs> I don't know, maybe there's a weird boundary between self-expression and creativity. I guess those are two different things, right? 
And I always think about this with playwrights. Like, it always seems like playwrights start out and they've got one great idea and then they do an autobiographical play or something that's, like, their life. And then they're like, okay, I'm out of idea. <laughs> or maybe that's generalising, but... And I wonder about that division, because sometimes the autobiographical stuff or, like, the semi-autobiographical stuff is so much better. And you're like, oh, my God, like, this is this is the stuff. And other times, actually the stuff that just comes out of nowhere is is better. So maybe there is a difference, but I feel like... But they also go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. And it's also that question of where do you draw the line between talking and writing? I have genuinely, in the past couple of months, because I've been writing more, I've had that sort of writing brain on. And when I write something and I kind of like it, even if I did not intend for it to be a writing moment i've had quite a few times where i've written a message to a friend and i've been like oh i quite like how this is worded or i like the idea behind it and i'll copy that and i'll paste it into a thing and that'll become writing and so i think it ties in with the idea of why do we separate art from everything else it doesn't really make sense because it is everywhere like as, as you said earlier it's that you know in the devil wears prada <laughs> that scene where Miranda Priestley's like oh you think you're separate from this but actually you know that horrible jumper you're wearing that's fashion diluted down to whatever it is you're wearing and it's kind of that art is everywhere you can't do anything without everything is designed everything is marketed even down to the worst most you know capitalistic things art is everywhere it's in more oh, yeah. industries than you like you think. You might think you're separate, but like like you said, marketing, that's art. You need it. It's all about it's like selling a product. You need art because that's what draws people's attention. It's it's literally in its simplest form, like art imitates life. So like what else? But I think what about what you were talking about earlier with the whole like when you have a job as an actor and when you don't and the idea of having a job that isn't acting whilst still calling yourself an actor. People see artists, it's such a glamorised thing. The artist, you know, someone who's suffering and writing and painting. And it goes, I think, hand in hand with the idea that when you're an artist, that's all you are and that's all you can be. And it goes with the idea of like, oh, well, obviously, if you're an actor, you only act and that's how you pay your bills. If you're a writer, you only write and that's how you pay your bills. The reality of it is the vast majority of any, you know, actors and writers have to have so many other jobs. But we have the idea of art is a really pure thing and artists are, you know, they write one book and that's it. They're done for life and they never have to work again, which is so untrue. But doesn't that say it all, though, that artists and theatre makers and people in the creative, the arts the majority have two or three other jobs to keep them afloat like doesn't that say it all in the sense of these people like they need it they adore it this is what they do because who in their right mind would pick to do four jobs at once just to have the one job that they are passionate about every so often like Mm, it's not really like I always think I, I'm I'm a dream chaser so I'm never going to shut people's dreams down but I do think to people when they want to get involved in the arts I think do you really love it because if you don't really love it don't do it because it, it's hard like the fact we're even having to ha- have this conversation of whether what we have trained 
to be in is viable and whether it's important it hurts because what i've literally pointed my whole life in this direction and now it's like does it even matter and that that's it's hurtful and it's offensive so like why would you do it unless you adored it like if you're having three other jobs that you are going back to back just to pay the bills just so you can do the one thing that you love like isn't that say something in itself Um, i think what's really interesting as well is that um i saw something it was about how there's certain people within the arts who have been fighting so hard to have to make the arts more accessible like we've got so many like different initiatives to get people um to see theater that don't like the black ticket project like there's Mm. so many other things that's just the first one that came to mind um and to make it more accessible and now we're going back because it's literally not for anyone right now but then even more than that i saw that there was a a, they were trying to do i think it might have been in canada uh but yeah driving concerts or like concerts on boats in little rivers and like stuff so it can all be socially distant and whilst that sounds like a like you can really romanticize that idea and be like oh my god this is a way we can see live music that's amazing it's not because you have to uh pay for a car i mean well because a lot of people in cities bear in mind they don't have cars that have to rent a car they have mm. to um, buy the ticket which is a lot more expensive than a normal ticket then you like the prices are rack like going so much higher and it's then becoming even more inaccessible when we've been fighting to not have that like I just feel like the ways that people are trying to make it happen, it just seems more difficult anyway. And it just seems like we're going up and down and it it just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's going to be, a, yeah, a lot. Those barriers are, uh, were already high to begin with. It was already a challenge trying to get people to come into the theatre who don't normally go and it's only going to get harder. Um, so pretty grim. Well, this is a a nice, positive, <laughs> great. <laughs> but I suppose it is positive in a way. Like, it feels really, um, like, it weighs down on us because we're a part of it. But at least we're having the conversations, like, to not let this happen. It also makes people understand from our point of view. Not everyone has creative people in their life that actually work in that industry. So, like you might not be having these conversations you might not actually understand what this means to someone so i think it is important that we kind of speak about how it does leave us as people who are in this industry i guess that's the other thing that i feel like doesn't get talked about enough is like we're missing out on like the daniel kaluuya's of tomorrow basically that feed of talent that comes from british theater that goes from british theater into film and into all other like creative areas that's <laughs> the tab's getting turned off especially in terms of um diversity and like equality of opportunities yeah for 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 people from like all different walks of life it means that again and going back to what you were saying earlier yasmin is, is the only people who are going to be left who can invest in theater and, and, and in the arts are going to be 
Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh. Um, so we're going back to, you know, some great diversity and brilliant representation on that one. Exactly. Um, There's this little show, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Cats. Don't think it's been done before. <laughs> Do you know what? It rings a bell. <laughs> To be slightly more positive, maybe we want to have like a chat about a piece of art that changed your life, that you see and you go, oh, one day I want to make something that makes other people feel like this thing makes me feel. Um, both because I need recommendations for things to read and watch and also because we need some optimism. <laughs> I'm a bit of an obsessive person, so like when I like something, I I really like it. So plays, um, theatre. I did you see Misty? Did you get to see it? It was oh my goodness. Okay, so it's Misty by Arinze Kenny, and um, it was on at the Bush Theatre, and then it transferred to Trafalgar Studios, and. I saw it five times because I'm crazy. <laughs> Amazing. But I literally, I went to see it and honestly shook up everything for me. I was like, this is it. Like, this is theatre to me. This literally makes my heart sing. It was all about, oh my God, it was so much subtext, but also it's about gentrification and being a writer, being a creative and having your agent on your back and meeting deadlines. Like it had like these two stories that, that were laced fluidly together and it was like gig theater. So when you walk in and there's like grime playing and rap playing and I'm like, okay, I feel at home here. And how, like, I just think how often do I get that space in a, in a West End theater? Like you don't. So it just and the same for I don't know whether you heard of Poet in the Corner by um Debbie Stevenson. Yeah, my friend worked my friend did the the tour of it. Amazing. Like that was another one where I went and I was like, I feel so seen talking about like identity in a way that I fully understand and mm. and just, you know, rap on stage at the Royal Court, like big up Debbie Stevenson because She's incredible and she made space for so many people. So like that sort of thing for me, when I see myself on stage in that kind of way, I think those two are one, two pieces that really, really stood out for me and I'm going to show up because I could go on for all day. No, I want to hear more. <laughs> Tell us something that we can watch right now, though. What can I watch that's not live? Oh, films? Okay. Um... It's a film called Waves. The production house is a uh, A24. The cinematography of that is literally like everything to me. You don't know where it's going. It is storytelling at its finest. And also Moonlight. You know what it is? It's just, I love anything that explores identity. That sounds so vague, but when it can, it, identity can be explored through mediums, not just through words as well. I'm obsessed, like you've got me. Also, one play that I went to and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is athleticism at its finest. That was Angels in America. It was the sort of thing that I was like, this is a craft. Like, you can't just win. You can win talent in the sense of you've got talent, but if you want to hone in your craft and be able to perform for seven and a half hours without passing out, you need to, there's so much you can learn 
as well as your talent you know what i mean i feel like that's when i was like i was in my first year of drama school when i saw it and i was like okay this is something that you need to hone in because there's amazing actors everywhere but what like keeps you going like what makes sets you different is your discipline and your stamina i really believe that's such a great lesson to have taken from that like I was in an interview once with a director and he was like, what's your favourite piece of theatre? And I was like, that I've seen. And he was like, how could it be your favourite if you haven't seen it? I love reading plays. What does he Yeah, well, at the time, I completely blanked and I was like, oh, yeah, good point. But afterwards, I was like, obviously, because the majority of this theatre that I love, I have not seen. Like, (laughs) most of my favourite plays I haven't seen live. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Anyway, so that's the type of nerd that I am. So, But in terms of stuff that I've watched that has had a big impact, I mean, I'll always remember like watching People, Places and Things. That show had a real impact on me um, in like the, my first year of freelancing, I think. And it made me want to work for Headlong. And now I have worked for Headlong, and that was a oh. bucket list moment for me. Congrats! <laughs> Yeah, but I would recommend the the script for that show because um the script there's so much meaning in the in the stage directions that um I mean that's the case with a lot of shows but particularly with that one the stage directions contain a lot of um uh meaning um in terms of story. Uh what else have I seen? I don't know. This is going to be a really terrible answer because I haven't thought properly. I'm just staring at books that I haven't read on my bookshelf. Do you want a second? I can I can talk about um, Death of England and then you can have a th- you can have a think meanwhile. Please, please, and like please share. Yeah, <laughs> just because. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's interesting because when yeah Yasmin, you were mentioning um, like athleticism, so I went to see um, Death of England at the National. Um, but it's so physical. There's props left, right, and center popping up, falling down everywhere. There's like glasses and drinks, and he jumps over them without tripping once. There's stairs. The stage is like across, so it's not even like a you know stable thing to run around on. He's just, and I the entire time was so I it, I felt like I wasn't breathing. I was like not stressed, but just like oh my god. This is amazing, but also, uh, and then he's talking so much, so fast, and that you can understand everything. As someone who has a lot of trouble articulating, I was like, how? Teach me your ways. I don't understand. This isn't human. (laughs) And I had that same thing when I went to see um, Cyrano, but it has that same thing of like savoring every syllable. Because obviously there's like words and sentences and you get the whole meaning, but you could tell that every single person on that stage just loved the words that they were saying. And it was amazing. Kirsten? Weirdly, the things that have had the most impact on me were things that I saw like at the Edinburgh Fringe when I was like 19 or 20, which weren't that good, you know? Like they were really not great. But, like, stuff like that had a big impact. And when I look back on it now, it's like, that was such shit. Like, that was really bad. <laughs> I think it's just like... as important to see theatre you think's bad as theatre you think's good. 
Yeah, yeah. And it it's about developing your own taste, right? And your own eye for like what's good and what's not. But now I think also when I go to the theatre, I'm so much more cynical. Having worked in it, I'm a lot more judgmental and not very easy to affect. Apart from musicals, I think I still get really affected by musicals. Like it's the music. Yeah, it's totally the music. It's it got you. It. It yeah. It. It, it it puts you in a really emotional place. Like I saw Fun Home and Fun Home like broke me emotionally and I was like weeping. <laughs> but if we're talking stuff that people should watch, I think everyone should watch Rocks on Netflix. I just love that it's on Netflix and I want more stuff like that by by black British filmmakers to be up there because like there's all this stuff about how you should be watching Jordan Peele like you should be watching all that stuff but actually it's like there are amazing filmmakers here in the UK right here in the UK yeah who are like it's not uh it doesn't really make sense to me why that m- more films like that can't be on Netflix but, sure yeah, because rocks. I w- just watching, I've only watched the trailer, but just watching that, I was like, oh my goodness, they never show secondary school in the UK as explicitly what it is as that. It's just so mm. real. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like UK schools aren't shown as they are in TV. I just don't think there's no. ever an authentic representation. And I just yeah. think UK schools are like, Obviously, it's the best time for some people. Obviously, it's the worst time for some people. But it's just, like, it's so different to the US, which is what we are fed constantly. And, like, yeah. I love it. I love seeing that on, on TV. I just was like, this is how I grew up. Do you know what's a really thing that we, I feel like we haven't touched on um, to do with, like, the arts and its importance? Um, is the art is such a tool for education like whilst you can't take the art that you see as gospel like but it i think it really does evoke mm, wrong word inspire maybe you to go and do other research and learn more and like things that you haven't ever thought of just because like so granted, don't watch Hamilton and take that as your history. Like, go find out more. Like, it's not, it's not all yeah. of it's true. Like, we we know about creative license. Like, but it gives us a starting point. It kind of gives us a framework to go off of and learn more about, like, yeah. how many different cultures, like, like, I don't know, taking my white British friends to go see Nine Night at the Trafalgar Studios with a, a whole tradition, Nine Night, when somebody dies, like, that's part of the way that you do funerals in Jamaica, like, what would you have ever known about that had you not watched that show and then gone and researched more because it's interesting? Like, I think there's so much education we get some, from art and not just education about the world, but self-education. Like, seeing yourself and rep- in the rep- if when represented correctly, like, mm. it it educates you on yourself, as weird as that sounds, from an outer source, but it also represents you on things that are bigger than just you. And I just think to take art away, some people don't respond to read. Well, reading is part of it, but, you know, like textbook school reading, this is how you're taught. And also school doesn't cover all the topics. Like sex education in school in my day was nothing. Like my day, I say that, like I'm still like really young. But um, 
<laughs> but like it was nothing. I didn't know many things, but TV, I may destroy you. What um what Michaela Cole did there, like I learned more through that than what you do in school, you know, like stuff that we don't get taught by our parents or um in the curriculum I think you get from art and to take that away from people and to act like that's not important there's going to be so many questions or even things that you don't even think about until you're right in the position yourself um that we don't address because we didn't get to see it so true it's like I mean you've you've talked about that that before I think about People learning stuff from I May Destroy You, even me learning stuff from I May Destroy You and look like reflecting on my experiences and being like, oh, I see that differently now. Um, and it's about identity, you know? It's Validating about you. Yeah. And, and that it totally comes into education in terms of identity formation as well. Like me having spent the last month working in a school with teenage boys they deal in like culture and and what youtube videos they're all watching and like what video, what films they've all seen and like whether or not they've listened to the se- like whether or not they know the same rappers you know like it's all like embedded in ident it's all about identity and representation one of my first um jobs i did uh, after graduating was with Futures Theatre, which is a women's theatre company in London, and they do a lot with, like, social workers and schools and, like, a lot of educational theatre, but also, like, just theatre, theatre. And uh, it was a forum theatre piece called Underwater Love, and we took it around schools in London. And at the end, we did um, forum theatre, which is part of, like, Theatre of the Oppressed, and we got uh, the kids to come up and stop apart, say... So the play was about um, young people navigating sexual relationships in the age of, like, social media and, like, nudes being sent and all of that sort of thing. And the kids at the end got to go, can we go back to that moment and come on stage and do what they would do differently that would change the ending of the story for the person? And the way... And I was the facilitator for the forum. So, like, the way they engaged with that versus if I'm up there going don't send nudes it can happen like it's never about saying do not do this do not do that it's working out like to working out with them what sort of um consequences can happen of your coming from your actions and them doing it they were so engaged first of all it's exciting you're in what year nine and you're talking about sex and 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 social media like when you're meant to be in maths like of course i've got you on board but also to be with two year groups in in the huge auditorium and have people get up and see young girls standing up to uh, my friend Josh who played the boy who did the wrong thing um, and stand up to and let him know her worth and like and all the different avenues that you could you could take like that's all through art like they were so engaged and there's so many different ways that we can do it like art isn't just your TV, your, all the things that we've been talking about. It's, do you know how many theatre companies go into schools and do things like that? And and filmmakers um, send, like, video, their videos go in assembly to teach you things. Like, it's, it's, it's part of education. It literally are factors in every industry. So be mindful of that when you don't want us. 
I gotta start doing that in like every theatre. <laughs> like, <laughs> there needs to be, like, in the way that we have relaxed performances, we need to have like performances where kids can just get up on stage and take part in the show. Or, you know, like, do those sorts of improv and like, um, like playing out scenes together. Theatre and education is so amazing and I think a lot of people turn their nose up to it because they want to be booking jobs that are like you know bigger stages and and on tv and prime time all of that sort of thing but no do not turn I learned so much from that I feel like this is a good a good place to end it on yeah super positive at the end of the day that's a really good example of again how art matters but also how it's like interlaced with everything else with education with just how useful it is not just as entertainment and escapism but also everything else this has been a great chat i had a great time thank you thank you both very yeah much. it's been fun guys people should tell us what their favorite piece of art is Tell us what your favourite experience of, of watching yes. all. all of the recommendations. I always think that when people are telling me stuff and I'm like, I've never even heard of that. Like, there's actually so much. So, yeah, contribute to us feeling like we can't see everything and read everything and um, watch everything by telling us what, what did you see or read that you loved, that changed your life? Um, hopefully for the better, not for the worse, but, you know, either way. <laughs> thank you very much both and um that's it from us thanks muriel thank you